0: Hockey insider CJ, what's going on, pal?
1: This is pretty hilarious, given that I was with Jonas this week and we bumped into you. So
0: <laughs> we were telling we were telling producer Steph just before, saying, "Yeah, those guys—they were out uh, a little, a little man having some drinks, catching up over dinner at the bar." And I just happened to be walking out, and I bumped in Jonas Siegel. We were talking about this when we were there. The only man, I think, in the city who has the confidence to rock a New York Yankees hat in downtown Toronto.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's that's the only regrettable part of that night, is having to look to
0: that hat, so... <laughs> Uh, so we were just talking about William Nylander uh, before he came in, C.J., and talking about his his consistency and what he's been able to do this year. Notch his 20th goal of the season last night. Um, the closest he had come to hitting 20 goals by Christmas was 14, and that was the year that he had 31 in, in what, 60-some-odd games um, before COVID had come and hit. You know, what do you credit? Do you credit this start... To just consistency for William Nylander, or is this a legitimate elevation in his overall game?
1: Well, I think you saw an elevation last year, you know, to my eyes, in, in where he was, and and you know, I think that that comes with more confidence. Obviously, pretty experienced player, and he's he's right in the window of when you expect you know players to be at their best, and so you know, lots lots going right for for William. You know, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, I do remember there were some years where he he played a little less ice time. And so, you know, that you could be seeing some benefits there. Um, but, you know, he's, he's you know, I've always sort of defended William. I You know, I found some of the, it's not to say that there haven't been inconsistencies in his game or that, or that criticisms haven't been justified, but I think that sometimes we've swung too far the other way. And, and he's a pretty talented player. He just happens to be surrounded by maybe a couple more talented players, and that's maybe changed the view of him. But, you know, he's full value for this great start this year.
2: CJ, what do you think of the the fit that he's had? It's actually been quite a while now with Austin Matthews. Those two are back together. Like, do you like it? Do you kind of prefer that they go back to what they had last year? Where do you kind of sit?
1: Uh, you know, since I see the the regular season as a long dress rehearsal for the thing that matters in a way, I, I don't I don't mind it at all. I think that you know, obviously they played together way back in Matthews' rookie year, um, you know, and, and have been together at times since over the years. But I, I don't think it's bad to to mix it up because. Well, we all know that if the Leafs play Game One of the playoffs and something doesn't look right, uh I would expect that Sheldon Keith, just just given the way he, he tends to do things, will will switch things up, and you know I I think we'll see Marner and Matthews back together at some point in time. But everything's been working so well with the team. I, I don't have a compelling reason to bang the table and say it has to be right now. And and you know it, that's that's going to help you know Nylander too. I think it, it, there's no question that. You know, he's getting to play on the top line right now for a period of time. And, um, you know, he's, he's producing. And, and so, you know, why, why would you knock him back? I, I just don't see a reason to change things up.
0: Well, and another guy who's on that line, just kind of riding shotgun with Matthews and Nealanders, Michael Bunting. And he's got 14 points his last 13 games, points in 12 of his last 13. He scored from... Distance a couple of times this week. He's forechecking. He's being a pest. Is this the best that you think we've seen Bunting play um since he's been here in Toronto? And I mean, is the sample size large enough now for him to say that last season may not have been a fluke, and, and this is what he is?
1: I, I think it is. I mean, even if you look at the the twenty odd game stretch he had in Arizona before signing in Toronto, you know he was productive in, in in that spot. And you know it was sort of a strange start to the year. I mean. I don't know if you you put it on him, but you know Matthews, Marner, and Bunting, we figured it would be the line, given all the success they had last year, that he could sort of write and pen right from the start of the season. But it didn't look right early on, and and um you know might be a combination of all three players being a little bit off at that point in time. And and you know this is a big year for Michael Bunting. Like let's remember, you know as great as last season was, I mean he he hasn't had a whole lot of prolonged success in NHL. He's in a contract year. I think it's only natural that's somewhere tucked in the back of his mind, maybe not on a day-to-day basis, but in general. And, and when you when you start, um, you know, not producing the way it, it happened for him, I mean that 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 would have been difficult, I'm sure. And so to get back here, this is this is more like the player you're used to seeing. I, th- I think even just the way he's kind of mixed it up in some games, and he's in the middle of everything, um, as much as the points for me uh, stand out. And and you know, I think he's feeling himself again. And uh, the timing couldn't be better because, uh, relative to what players make in the NHL, this is a guy who's you know getting towards his late 20s and hasn't made a lot of money. And I think his next contract is is going to be the one that uh, that gets him there.
0: I'm just curious, CJ, if if you know whether or not there's been contact. I know there was that report earlier in the year about some sort of eight-year, you know, three-and-change type of deal that may have been um, out there. But do you know if if these two sides have been talking or plan to talk throughout the season, or is this something that they'll address uh, when the year's over?
1: I don't think there's been a whole lot done to this point, unless it's happened really recently here. Um, You know, it's one of those ones where I think both sides kind of could benefit from from waiting you know what i mean because you know the leafs understandably if they were giving him an extension after basically one full nhl season it's hard to know if that was that real was that what you saw was that a product of who you played with you know similarly from his end of things you know the team would obviously argue that at, at, at make that case at, at the negotiating table but maybe if you're him you're like why not just go do it another year and then that that solidifies it i think takes him to another level in terms of what he can expect to earn Uh, whether or not they have to wait now the entire season, I'm, I'm not entirely sure about that. I mean, the Leafs are in a really interesting spot where they have so few players locked in over term that, you know, I, I would think at some point into the new year, you might see one or two guys, you know, get an extension. I mean, it's, it's, you know, not baked in that it has to happen, but, you know, the Leafs do have a lot of business to do in terms of, uh, the future. And, and in some ways having that flexibility is a good thing. But when you have a number of potential pending UFAs, I mean, there's sort of a balance to lock there, and so it wouldn't surprise me at all if, at some point before the end of the season, we saw Bunting and the Leafs get together, and, and you know, probably on something that's longer term. I think that 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 will make the most sense in terms of security for him. But you know, it does seem like it's a good fit with him being a local guy. I think he really likes playing here, and so we'll just have to see how that unfolds in the new year.
2: Well, CJ, like I wonder what is too long. I know there's like you could point to that Nick Paul contract and say, well. Stretch it out, lower the cap hit. I don't know. Like, how do you feel about those contracts, especially for a player like Bunting? Like, he's pretty unique. Do you like though that that kind of structure potentially? I think I, you know, you and I have talked about this a bit offline, so it's it's funny. But you know, I
1: I, I think my view is changing a little bit. Like, you know, the Leafs have played it pretty safe, right? It would have taken a long term deal to to get Zach Hyman to stay, for example. He got seven years when he went to Edmonton, and and. You know, like you can understand how they got to that point, but you know, at a certain stage, I mean, we're expecting the salary cap to rise significantly in the next, you know, if we're talking about seven years from now, I mean, I think the cap will have gone up a huge point in time. And so I'm not saying it has to be a max term contract for someone like Michael Bunting, but it actually might make sense Uh, because the percentage of what he's earning will, will decrease over time uh, you know, with, with the cap increases and, and, I think at some point you have to throw some caution to the wind. I mean, none of us have a crystal ball, of course. Seven or eight years is an eternity in pro sports. Um, but if you have someone who loves playing here and he's a local guy and he's willing to take a little less on the AAV, I, I think that that that's the way to go with someone like him. If you have faith that that you know the Leafs have all kinds of numbers we don't about you know what to do with their sports science team on how durable and what to expect of these guys. And so I I, I don't think it's a bad bet, quite honestly, because you know. At a certain point in time, Kyle Dubas, Well, I know he's still managing with the future of the team in mind, he doesn't know how long he's going to be here. We don't know how long William Nylander and Austin Matthews, and that's not to run everyone out of town here the way some people like to, but I mean, I, I just think that uh, you're going to have to lock some players in, and to me, Bunting's one that I would give a long look at doing that too.
0: In conversation with Chris Johnson, our TSN hockey insider, and another one of those pending UFAs that uh, Kyle Dubas is going to have to be thinking about, based on how he's played of late, is, is Justin Hall. I mean, how impressive have you been with how his season has kind of blossomed, given where it started, and you know the uh, the mass booing he was receiving in you know mid to late October. Yeah,
1: I remember I was I was at that game the night when he was fumbling the puck all over the place. That one. Yeah, you and
0: I were both there to get yeah. next to yeah. each other.
1: I can't remember they're playing, but it, it, you know that's a low moment, even if it's just a brief moment in the game, in one game in a long season. Um, you know, I, Justin Hall's had a great bounce back. I mean, he's he's one of the players that stepped up when they've had a number of injuries on the blue line and has taken on more of a role and I think thrived in it. Um, you know, whether or not they they sign him though, I think it's that's a different case. I mean, you've got Timothy Lilligren, You know, it's just early days here with Connor Timmins, but. To my eyes, he he might be the replacement as a right shot defenseman who's younger. Uh, if Justin Hall moves on, um, you know I don't think he'll be commanding a, a huge amount of money next season on on his deal. He's had a pretty limited scope of games in, in the NHL, and so you know I, I don't know if there's a rush to have to go um, sign Justin Hall. But at the same time, I would no longer say there's any you know compelling reason you have to trade him, and. and you know, it looked early in the year like that was going to be the case because they had a potential cap crunch. If they didn't, they didn't run into all the injuries they did this year. Um, you know, they spent basically the entire year in LTIR. Um, you know, they probably would have had to trade someone in, in the first couple of weeks of the season. And I think it's very possible it would have been Hall, but we're now in the, in the alternate universe where that didn't have to happen. I think cap wise, they should be pretty fine the rest of the year. And you've got a key contributor on, on the back end right now. And so. Um, you know, I think that they'll be comfortable walking him through the rest of the year and then see where they're at to come the offseason.
0: Well, speaking of injuries, um, Rasmus Sandine was placed on IR. Uh, do you have any information on the extent of that injury?
1: I think it's largely been precautionary to this point. Uh, my understanding is, at least here in the early days, I don't, I don't think it's thought to be a long-term serious injury, but you know, it's around the head area. You know, you got to check out concussions. Uh, and all that kind of stuff, you know, when, when Sandine leaves the game as he did and, you know, maybe in this sort of case, given it's that kind of injury, uh, it's, it's nice to have this holiday break here to just see how things settle, see if he has any lingering effects from it. And, and, um, you know, if he gets through this, this few days, it's, it's mandated time off. Teams can't practice the 24th, 25th and 26th of December. Um, so he's going to be facing a layoff conditioning wise, but you know, I think they'll have a good handle on where he's at, uh, you know, when everyone reports for work on the 27th.
2: CJ, I wanted to ask you something non-Leafs, if that's okay. Yeah, man, whatever you want. <laughs> I think I might have asked you this already, but I'm curious. Whatever you want. You, you, uh, you, in your latest piece, you, you kind of went through every team and what they you know, kind of like for Christmas or the holidays. Uh, and Chicago was really interesting to me, just uh, a monster return for Patrick Kane. I was wondering, like, you know I follow other sports pretty closely, and in the NBA some of the trades for superstars are just like in – Sane, Um, do you think we're going to see like a a, a kind of a trend-setting type deal with with Patrick Kane? Just because of how unique he is, how good he is, he's obviously an expiring contract. That's obviously going to limit things. But what do you think that deal ends up looking like? Just because of the caliber of player.
1: Well, I think the biggest dynamic and whether or not there's a trade there, and I think we should prepare ourselves for a possibility he's not traded because he has a full no movement clause. Is is there an extension that's attached to this trade? You know that is. Is the team that's that's acquiring him, signing him beyond this year, because I'm not totally sure and let's not confuse this with me reporting anything, but you know, it's something that he has to think about as he as he figures out whether to waive that no movement clause at all, or not is does he want to move once right now, you know, stay before March third to a team and then be a free agent again and potentially move again in the summer? You know, sort of like what we saw with Claude Giroux last year. Spends his whole career in Philadelphia forever and ever and ever, over a thousand games and then goes to Florida for a couple months and is now in Ottawa. You know, it's that's a lot of upheaval uh, for a player. You know, Patrick Kane has a family, much like Cole Giroux does. And so I think he'll have to determine, you know, what his priorities are on that end of things. And so, you know, that's a long way of getting back to the point that, you know, maybe a way around that, that potential issue is allowing teams to talk to Patrick Kane before there's a deal, see if there's a, an extension to be worked out. And I think if that's the case, the return will be stronger for Chicago because any team bringing him in, we'll have some confidence that he's going to be around for a little while. So, um, you know, as far as I understand it, things haven't really heated up there. There was a conversation earlier in the year between the Chicago management and Kane's agents, just that let's let things settle. We'll revisit this in January. But, you know, certainly as we get into the new year, Jonas, I think we'll get a little more clarity on where this might head. And, and I do think that there's a set of scenarios where we see a pretty big return because it, it might be, you know, coming with a contract extension at the same time.
2: Well, then I don't know if it would be the same conversation with Jonathan Taves. Do you think they're kind of like we link them together? Obviously, I think they're still represented by the same agent, if I'm not mistaken. Is he just a a different case? Like, do you think they'll make the decision together? Do you think one will kind of be different just based on where they're at in their careers? I
1: think we're at the point where they're going to split in the sense that each has to do what's best for himself and his family. And, and, and you know, as much as they've had this amazing run together, I mean, it will not come as a surprise to anyone. Like, I think they've had a chance to sort of mentally start preparing for the idea that that they were going to, you know, both probably end up playing somewhere else. I mean, maybe maybe it won't go that way. Maybe someone like John and Taze will sign an extension in Chicago. Who knows? I mean, you know, there's his, his role model is Steve Eisenman, right? That's why he wears nine, number 19. And Steve Eisman spent an entire career at the Red Wings. Now the Red Wings had a, a long run of where they still had a chance up to the end of Eisman's career to win. And, and that's one thing that's been missing in Chicago for a point in time. And I think on some level, both John and Taves and Patrick Kane probably want a chance to go somewhere with at least an opportunity to compete for the Stanley Cup because they, they really haven't played meaningful games in a long, long time. I mean, they were in the bubble in the, in the expanded playoffs uh, and actually knocked Edmonton out of the Edmonton bubble. But I mean, if you look at it, they haven't been in a real playoff series for, for a number of years. And so I, I think that they'll, they won't necessarily act in tandem. Obviously, there'll be a high degree of sharing information because they are good friends and they do share an agent. Uh, but I think ultimately they're each going to make their own decision.
0: CJ, the weather outside is frightful, uh, as it typically is this time of year, but today a little bit extra. I mean, are you still getting out there for your run today or is that one where you might have to, you know, take, uh, take a number on it?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm flirting with a treadmill run today. I haven't gone yet. Um, I'm definitely going to run. So the streak will be intact, but I kind of like running when it's crazy weather out. I know that's weird, but this, this looks, this looks a little extreme. I haven't been outside today. I mean, I can see out my window, but, um, (laughs) this might, this might be a treadmill run. I might be opting for a little bit of an easier go here today.
2: The only thing that's tricky CJ is it's really windy. So there's that yeah wind wind for me sucks more
1: than any other kind of weather like I can get through rain and snow in a whole bit, but wind wind is soul destroying
0: what's uh what do you got planned for for this weekend c j you got any any Johnston family Christmas plans Christmas traditions?
1: Well unfortunately, my dad was supposed to come up today, but with the weather, he's decided not to drive, which I think was a wise call, yeah, so I might just be sticking around home. I got lots of food in the fridge couple of bottles of wine in the wine fridge, and uh, just just going to have a low-key few days. And uh, on the 26th, 27th, I'll see uh, my brother and his kids and my sister and her kids. So it's uh, pretty low-key, but I'm not complaining. I'm, I'm a lucky guy, and I'm, I'm happy to take a few days to relax here.
0: Yeah, I mean, everyone gets that little break. So you've earned it. You've been working hard the last little bit, CJ. But uh, enjoy the holidays, and uh, well, we'll chat again next week, pal. Yeah, Same to you. Hope you guys have a good few days, good holiday, and, uh, we'll be talking soon. Thanks so much. There he goes. Chris Johnson, our TSN hockey insider. Yeah.